Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Have you always felt a little odd, a little different? The world is crying out for witches to heal and to rebuild. But do you hear its call and will you answer? This is a space for free thinking, where I give you tools to explore and build your craft. We all have a divine spark. Join me each week and grow that spark into a fiery beacon. I am your host, Michael Moorcroft, and I'll be bringing you a one-on-one guide to all things witchcraft and spirituality. This is... The Mage's Well. Hey Majors, welcome back to the show. This week, we're looking into the Zodiac again, but I'm really excited for this one because it's Scorpio. And as we all know, it's one of the more superior signs of the Zodiac, and coincidentally mine, (laughs) Now just a heads up, there is a very brief mention of sexual assault. Coming from the Greek Scorpios, which has roots in Scorpion, Scorpius, or rather the better known name of Scorpio, rules October 23rd to November 22nd. It's marked the autumn equinox, and its astrological symbol is the letter M with a tail, which coincidentally is very similar to Virgo, perhaps referencing an intimate connection between the two, which is now forgotten. It also has connections to the crab, through the Arabic name of the constellation, Akrab, due to the ancient belief that if you buried a crab, a scorpion would emerge. Therefore, names and ideas around these two creatures were interchangeable. Quote from Ovid, 
If you remove the hollow claws of the land crabs and put the rest under soil, a scorpion, with its curved and threatening tail, will emerge from the parts interred. Now it was called Mulgur Tab in Sumerian, Gur meaning a sword or blade, alluding to its sting, and Tab meaning double or to sting or burn, again referencing to the scorpion's sting. The Babylonians saw that Scorpio was armed to the teeth, leading it to represent war and the king's ability in battle. Now I stumbled upon Babylonian inscriptions that make predictions around Scorpio. Quote, if the scorpion comes close to the front of the moon and stands there, the reign of the king will become long. An enemy will attack, but fail. Another predicts the outcome of war based on when it rises. Quote, the scorpion rises in month 8. If the star rises early, the king will go about proudly. He will subdue his enemies. If the star rises late, the kings of all lands will start hostilities against the king. Now, if Scorpio interacted with Mars, it could spell disaster. Quote, if Nurgle, Mars, stands in the Scorpion, a strong enemy will carry off the land. And Lil, a Sumerian god, will give his weapons to the enemy. A few enemy troops will defeat my numerous troops. And while we're on the topic of Mars, let's look at the brighter star of Scorpio, Antares. This name translates to, quote, rival to Mars. In Greek, due to the fact it's red and it's mistaken for the planet Mars. It's red because it's a red supergiant and in the final stages of its life. It's also called the heart of the scorpion and it was one of the four royal stars of Persia. While over in ancient China, the star was heavily associated with the emperor's throne. At 680 times the sun's radius, it's a monstrous size, and when Antares eventually dies and explodes, the energy radiated from it will be immense, possibly enough to even cause a black hole. Some scientists have non-committedly said that the Earth should be okay. Now, traditionally, astrologers saw Scorpio as a powerful sign, but also a very destructive one. It was the source of war and discord. Supposedly, the planet Mars had been born in this constellation, and when Pliny saw a comet within Scorpio, he forewarned of plagues and infestations of reptiles and locusts. And mystically speaking, around October-November, it's a really interesting and intense time. The constellations that rise in the sky hold themes of death and darkness, as the days become shorter and darkness triumphs over the light. The Akkadians called Scorpio the place where one bows down, in relation to this fearsome power. Later on, it became associated with darkness, relating to the sun's declining power after the autumn equinox, where the days grow shorter in the northern hemisphere. It was the sign that was heavily associated with the wine harvest and the final desolation of grapes, alluding to themes of intoxication, sexuality, and transmutation. But Scorpio's malignant nature is partly thought to come from the fact that many bright but temporary stars have randomly appeared within the constellation throughout history. Now Pliny recorded one appearing around 125 BCE, and Chinese records have also backed this up. They have entries around the same time of a strange star appearing. 
Alchemists, on the other hand, particularly revered this sign as when the sun was in the constellation, it was the only time when iron could be transformed into gold. And transformation is heavily linked to Scorpio, and it also rules the death card within the tarot system. Originally the largest of the zodiac figures, its size was reduced when Libra was recognised, resulting in its claws being shortened. Scorpio is also revered in the heavens as the slayer of the giant Orion. Now, the constellation is thought to have been recognised around 5000 BCE. It's a very old sign, if not amongst the oldest of the zodiac. However, if you believe that Gobekli Tepe marks astrological phenomenon, then this pushes the date back to around 9000 BCE. Check out my Gobekli episode for more information. Regardless if the site marks the constellation or not, it's the oldest place where the scorpion as a figure has been shown in artwork. Some theorists have even suggested that the cave drawings at Lascaux are said to mark the Scorpio constellation as well, but this site has been dated even further back into history, at 19,000 to 17,000 BCE. If this is true, why were the ancients obsessed with Scorpio? Well, possibly due to the fact that the stars within Scorpio share a common space motion, meaning the shape of the constellation as viewed from Earth has stayed relatively the same shape for at least the last million years, making Scorpio a pretty reliable marker within the heavens, which you're gonna need in order to work out the seasons and gauge a scale of time throughout the year. Just a side note about scorpions themselves, interestingly, they are older than the dinosaurs, as well as spiders, and they're pretty much physically unchanged to the present day. They're thought to be the first land dwellers in the Earth's history. Originally starting out as a sea scorpion, it evolved to survive on the land, a land which at that point in the Earth's history was very inhospitable. The scorpion is very much a survivor. Originally in China, the constellation made up part of the Azor dragon, it was then seen as a hare until the 1600s, when Jesuit missionaries taught their version of skygazing. The constellation became Tianhe, the celestial scorpion. Polynesian islanders saw the constellation as a fishhook of the god Maui, who would draw islands up from the seafloor using it. The Aztecs had a scorpion constellation called Colotl Eayak, which may have been comprised from the same stars as Scorpio as did the ancient Maya, they called it the sign of the death god. It's thought the Egyptians recognised the constellation, but they didn't initially see it as a scorpion, they saw it as a serpent, the scorpion came much later and they linked it to Serket, who is a scorpion goddess and guards the gates of the underworld. She ruled over magic, medicine and the afterlife, as well as stepping into a psychopomp role. So what's the myth associated with Scorpio? Well, there are many. The main theme of the Greek ones is a giant scorpion usually sent by Gaia or Artemis to kill Orion, who has upset one of them. Orion, the gigantic son of Poseidon and Uriel, was hunting with Artemis and her mother Leto on the island of Crete. Now he makes a boast to them one day that he could kill all the wild animals on Earth, and was tempted. 
The primordial Gaia, personification of the Earth, heard him and wasn't impressed by his claim. She feared he'd make good of his boast, and so came up with a plan to kill him. She called forth a giant scorpion. Now the Earth suddenly started to shake, throwing Orion off balance, and it cracked open, and from the crack, the giant scorpion emerged, and gave chase to Orion. An epic battle quickly ensued. Now Orion was a skilled hunter, but he was no match to the lightning-quick scorpion. The beast struck him on the heel with his stinger, and Orion quickly died from its poison. Nagaya, in pity, set Orion in the sky as well as the scorpion, but had them at different ends so as they never met, and as one is coming into the sky, the other one leaves. Essentially, as Scorpio rises, Orion sets. Others take the view, however, that he is constantly running from the scorpion. In another variation, Orion actually escapes the scorpion and wades out into the sea. He has an ability to walk through the sea as if it were shallow, given to him by his dad Poseidon. Now Artemis had fallen in love with him, and Apollo, her brother, was jealous. Bit weird, we won't ask why. So he said to her that he bet she couldn't hit that black speck in the sea. She fired an arrow and killed Orion outright. Delighted, Apollo told her what she'd done. In her pain and longing, she placed Orion in the sky to honour him, but also to be reminded of their times together. In another version, Orion tries to force himself on Artemis, to which she is furious, and summons the scorpion to kill him. In all these versions, Orion either dies at the hands of Artemis, or more commonly, the scorpion, after which both are placed in the heavens. Now, similar to the Greek version of the Scorpion and Orion fighting each other, in ancient China, legendary emperor Gao Xinxi had two sons, Xichen and Aibua, who were constantly fighting. To stop them, he placed them in the heavens. Xichen became the ruler of the lunar mansion of Shen, in present-day Orion, and Aibua was sent to rule the lunar mansion of Xin, in present-day Scorpius, they wouldn't be seen at the same time. Now, to the Babylonians, this constellation was linked to the Epic of Gilgamesh. Now, Gilgamesh, he's trying to visit the world of the Immortals, the entrance of which is through an underground tunnel that the sun travelled through during the night. Now, where the Gate of the Sun is, it's guarded by two scorpion people. Upon fighting these creatures, he proceeds through the tunnel, which is thought to be symbolically represented as the beginning of the Milky Way, as it's between Scorpio and Sagittarius. Gilgamesh is seen as Orion in the heavens. Now, my final myth about Scorpio isn't about the origins, but its role within Greek mythology. The story revolves around Phaethon, who was the son of a water nymph, Clymene, and allegedly the sun god Helios. Now, Phaethon questions the validity that his father is Helios, so his mother tells him to go ask the god. Phaethon travels to his father's palace and asks him, am I your son? To which Helios replies, you are, and to prove it, grants him a wish. Now, Phaethon immediately said that he wanted to drive the chariot, which Helios uses to pull the sun across the sky. Helios refused, saying that not even Zeus could steer the chariot and that it was incredibly dangerous. But Phaethon insisted, and Helios eventually gave in. So he mounts the chariot, and Helios gives him advice for the best course to travel. 
But once Phython sets off, things go wrong straight away. The fire-breathing horses don't feel their driver, and they start to panic and stray from the path. Phython couldn't control them, and it wreaked chaos throughout the heavens. The zodiac is thrown into complete disarray, and the sun-scorched Africa, turning the vast plains into desert. As he's approaching Scorpio, he panics because he sees the scorpion is ready to attack. In his fear, he drops the reins, and the horses are out of control. The sun scorches numerous cities and chars the earth. Gaia, seeing the destruction, calls to Zeus, who quickly grabs a lightning bolt, takes aim, and hits Phython out of the sky, whereby order was restored. It's thought that this is a possible explanation for a meteorite hitting the earth and throwing it into chaos, possibly taking place in the sign of Scorpio. Scorpio is an intriguing sign, linked heavily to death and transformation, and how long it has been recognised within the heavens is another fascinating detail that is still up for debate. Clearly of vital importance to our ancestors, it raises the question of how much have we forgotten about this sign, as time has relentlessly marched forwards. Today, the Scorpion inhabits our depthless and mysterious night sky, just as it once did our oceans. And Majors, that's it. That is a wrap for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. My intent with this podcast is to provide guidance and inspiration for those on their spiritual path and to talk about interesting parts of history relating to spirituality. I also want to connect you with information that is both useful and reliable. Would you like to support me? With your support, I can dedicate more time to the mage as well. You can financially support me through Patreon, where you'll gain access to more content and connect with the mage as well community. The link for this is in the episode description. If you're not keen on pledging money for whatever reason, but you still want to support, you can follow my Instagram at the mage as well. You could tell your friends and family about the show. You could post about the podcast. And most importantly, you could leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. This is really important. It really helps because it boosts the algorithm over on Apple Podcasts. And it draws in new listeners and helps get the podcast out there. Please help me out. This is an independent podcast. It's just me researching, producing, and editing. Anything you can do will help. If you own a business and would like to advertise on the show, please get in touch. The show's email is themajorswell at gmail.com. Special thanks to Coral St. Clair for the podcast artwork. Peace out, witches, and I'll see you at the crossroads.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.